In series two of Literacy Lunch Break, we shared how we can begin to shift literacy practices and advocate for a structured literacy approach. As many educators are reflecting and transitioning, we often wonder, so what happens to guided reading? Join us for series three as we discuss how we can replace guided reading with powerful small group instruction. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Marjorie Botari, and I am excited to kick off series three. Small group instruction is a big topic with many considerations. We hope this series will answer questions that you may have and give you the opportunity to reflect and perhaps shift the way small group instruction takes place in your classroom, school, or district. Let's start out with the most common question when we think about small group instruction in the primary grades. What happens to guided reading? The majority of teachers, myself included, were trained to assess and level students according to a number or a letter and organize groups based on that data. Now, that is a general description because, quite honestly, guided reading means something different to almost everyone. As we pause to think about using numbers or letters to plan small group instruction, the question we can ask ourselves is, what does it specifically tell us about our students' foundational skills? So for example, if I have a student that is reading at a level D, do I know how strong their phonemic awareness is? What about their phonics knowledge and ability to transfer it to decoding and encoding? Now, I may glean some knowledge about their vocabulary, background knowledge, comprehension, as children use those skills to read or perhaps guess the words in the book. And therein lies the problem. Traditional or typical guided reading does not allow for targeted instruction in specific skills. So as we revisit small group instruction, we can shift our thinking from guided reading to targeted skill instruction or just consider it small group instruction. This allows us to consider a variety of skills or needs for each individual group. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, to start, it means that we're not seeing every small group for the same amount of time. When we consider small group instruction, the power lies in meeting specific needs. If we're providing the same instruction, but just in small groups, it's actually quite inefficient. Right? As Tim Shanahan says, never do with a small group what can be done as well with the whole class. Small group instruction time is expensive, and we need to be sure that we're using it well. So I may see a group for five minutes to build alphabet knowledge, while another group may be 10 minutes long as I build background knowledge or vocabulary. So as we think about key takeaways today, key takeaway number one, small group instruction does not mean every group lasts for the same amount of time. Which leads us into the next question. How do we know what students needs? How are we identifying those specific skills? Now, assessments is a whole nother big topic. We could have a series just on assessments. But as we think of this in a just a simpler way, what we need to remember is we need to look at students through multiple lenses. 
We need to look at those universal screeners as check engine lights, just giving us a general understanding of our students' ability. But we need to always dig deeper, looking at those diagnostic assessments, anecdotal data. Now, anecdotal data is something we mention, but we don't often talk about how to dig into. And this is what's absolutely critical. It's the anecdotal data that's going to allow us to see if these skills are transferring to decoding and encoding because application is the goal. So as we think about key takeaway number two in this series, thinking about our assessment, we wanna be sure we are looking at our students through multiple lenses to allow us to identify their specific needs. Now, another important consideration for small group instruction is how often the groups are changing. Are groups together every four weeks and then we're revisiting perhaps every six weeks? How often are we adjusting or changing groups? Now, here the answer really does depend on what that small group instruction looks like. When we think about RTI or MTSS, when we're providing intervention for students, we need data points and we need to ensure that students have truly mastered skills before we move them out of a group. There needs to be a more rigid or more consistent schedule for RTI and MTSS purposes. However, when we're in the classroom and I'm differentiating my instruction to meet my students' needs, my grouping should be more fluid. In this series, we dig in to the constrained skills theory, which really is a phenomenal resource to help us guide the length of time that we should be devoting to specific skills. So going back to that alphabet knowledge example, Alphabet knowledge is what we would consider a highly constrained skill, meaning once students have that knowledge, you can't go beyond that, right? There's not, not much deeper um, to dig into as we think about connecting letters and sounds. Once our students have mastered that skill, it's done. There's a ceiling on that. And with those constrained skills, it typically takes less time to master. So if I'm working on alphabet knowledge with a group, most likely, they're not going to be visiting me for four to six weeks. However, when we look at the less constrained skills, skills that have many layers, skills like vocabulary, now that's a skill that takes a long time to grow. It's very wide. There's many words, right? There is really no ceiling for vocabulary. Some of those groups might be with me for a longer time if I'm building oral language, if I'm building vocabulary or background knowledge. So for key takeaway number three, we need to remember that grouping cadence really depends on the need of our students. Now, one of my favorite questions and something that I asked myself all of the time when I was a teacher and then a reading specialist was what should the groups look like? Should they be homogeneous? Should they be heterogeneous? And once again, the answer depends on need. So a huge takeaway of this series is really identifying what the purpose of our small group instruction is and what our students' needs are. So again, going back to that alphabet knowledge example, if I have students that have mastered alphabet knowledge and then I have some other students that only know a few letters and few sounds, a heterogeneous grouping doesn't really make sense there. Right? If I'm putting students together in a group where some have alphabet knowledge mastered and some do not, they're not going to learn much from each other. 
So in the case of those highly constrained skills or those early foundational skills, it makes sense for homogeneous grouping, right? We're going to specifically, explicitly, and systematically teach these very specific skills. Now, as those skills become less constrained, and once again, the example of vocabulary or oral language come in, that's where we do want some heterogeneous grouping, right? I do want varying abilities because I know my students can learn from each other. Students bring different background knowledge. Students bring different vocabulary. Perhaps we're problem solving something and we can learn from, from each other. So again, key takeaway there is that we want to think about the type of skills that we're teaching and identify either homo or heterogeneous grouping based on those skills. Now, as we wrap up this episode, you may be confirming knowledge that you already had, or perhaps you're beginning to rethink your structure for small group instruction. I hope this episode provided you with the opportunity to reflect or refine on your practice. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Literacy Lunch Break. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes as we continue to explore the key takeaways for small group instruction. Until next time, happy learning. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes where we explore literacy topics in a snack-sized, easily digestible format.